Hey guys, it's Charles. Are you a lazy millennial like me who doesn't have the time, energy, or work ethic to actually read a book? If so, you're in luck. Head over to audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge to get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash settingedge. Reading is for chumps. Welcome to episode 48 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Verts. Uh, he beat me last week. I beat him week one. The Jets let down America. Uh, here, here's our, our week four, our week three gambling podcast. So how, how are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing good. But uh, before we get started, let's talk about uh, the update real quick. Because honestly, I was just like thumbing through that thing until about two in the morning last night. So just th- talk about the update and what you're doing, because I, I think it's a really cool feature that pretty much everyone who likes the NFL should be looking at. Uh, so basically, the issue with volume statistics and inefficient and efficiency statistics, statistics are basically the same. So volume statistics, you're not measuring efficiency at all. And efficiency statistics, if the sample size is too small, then you end up getting something like Corderell Patterson is better than any running back in the league, right? So like you have right. issues with that. So basically, what the update does is it looks at efficiency through volume. So essentially, what it'll say is it'll be like over the amount of reps that you had you are X completions or X incompletions over above average of the NFL. So like you can look at this stuff. So like our interception value chart, right? So you can look at it right now and you can say the Cleveland Browns right now for the amount of passes that they've thrown, they're 3.46 interceptions above league average, which is the worst in the league right now. Whereas the New Orleans Saints are 1.76 interceptions under average, which is the best, which is the best in the league. You can look at it for everything, tackle for loss value. Uh, you're going to be shocked. The Seattle Seahawks are in the bottom by far. They're eight tackles for a loss. Uh, worse than what league average would have done with their amount of reps, things like that. We have it for both the offense and defensive side of the ball. It's basically those radar charts that you guys liked that we ran for our previews this year where you could like definitively identify things. So we have uh, NEA, which we've talked about it before. It's probably the best measurement of passing offense success. And you, again, all this flips to the defensive side. We have completion percentage, yards per completion, uh, sacks percentage, interception, uh, percentage run percentage which is just how often you run the ball which is not necessarily it, that tells you more about what type of position your team has been being put in than anything else tackle philosophy percentage and then run uh run uh yards per run uh plus which is just basically what your running backs are able to do beyond the line of scrimmage yeah it, it's really it's really really cool so it, it i think so far obviously you know we're only two weeks in, so the numbers can be a bit skewed. So I think like a good example of that would be Jacksonville being first in sack value uh, by pretty consistent. And D- Denver's Denver's last too, right? Like Denver's Denver, <laughs> yeah. That uh, that thing's gonna change a little bit. Yeah. So you know, Jacksonville they come out and they have ten sacks week one, and then they had one last week. So you know, still having when you look at eleven sacks throughout the first two games, and then you you adjust that that's still a, a lot but you have one giant output and one small output but it, it, it's really cool because I, I think when you look at it and especially like the uh a n e a n y a uh value chart like, it, 
the rankings, they kind of match the eye test in terms of the offense and defense so far. So that, that's, that's kind of been my favorite part of looking through it. But let's move on to our gambling takes. Uh, we are on week three of the NFL, and let's start off with our stay away games. Yeah, so my stay away is just going to be Cleveland at Indianapolis. Uh, Cleveland is a road favorite right now against the Colts, who have their, what, it would be their third-string quarterback now. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are 1-20 in their last 21 games, and they're road favorites. I just, just don't, don't. Just don't watch, don't bet, don't think, don't cover. Just pretend it doesn't exist. Don't, don't help, uh, EDSBS, uh, Every day should be Saturday. Put up a post um, from uh, Spencer Hall, our good friend, friend of the podcast, about how the NFL has like no incentive to really get any better in terms of the product, so that they don't. Uh, this is one reason why. Like, do do not give them your eyes for advertisers. Yeah, uh, I, I just don't watch that game. I, I I haven't decided. No, that's not going to be my stay away uh, bet, but. I, I don't plan on watching a single second of that game. Uh, my stay away game is going to be, uh, what do you think about Houston uh, at New England as a stay away game? See, I feel like we could tease that and we could make decent money off of it. But at what it is right now with the 13 to 13 and a half point line, I want no parts of that. All right. Well, let's just start running through these and I'll figure it out. As okay. So, Sounds good. Perfect. <laughs> so the first game is the Rams at the 49ers on Thursday night football tomorrow night. Uh, the 49ers have had a pretty brutal start to the season on offense. At least they haven't scored a touchdown yet. Last week, Brian Hoyer went uh, 15 for 27 for 99 yards against the Seahawks. I mean, really just a, a pathetically embarrassing output for him, even though the Seahawks defense is uh, one of the elite defenses in the game. You still need to do more than that. You're an NFL quarterback. Come on. Uh, but Carlos Hyde, he's had a strong start to the season. I I don't know how to feel about the Rams being favored on the road, but they do have a legit, uh, legitimately good passing offense. We have yet to see if Jared Goff is, you know, if he's fixed and turning the corner or if this is kind of McVay pulling the strings and making life a bit easier for him. But that offense played well against Washington last week, and I don't see why they can't be productive through the air uh, again on Thursday. Yeah, they're fifth in our NEA value right now. So they have the fifth best passing offense so far in football. And obviously you have to take into consideration of uh, quality of opponent and all that thing, all that stuff, and it's only two weeks. But, um, I mean, they look like a legitimate passing offense as far as right now, and I think you were talking about the A dot, the average distance of throw for uh, for uh, Jared Goff under Sean McVay, and you guys were like, he's a genius or something like that. I, I don't really understand A dot as well as some of you guys do, but I know you guys were talking about it. Honestly, I mean, so this game is a three to two and a half point line uh, with uh, with the Los Angeles Rams being the favorite. I think if you can get it at two and a half, that's a pretty good number, just based off of the fact that they look like they have a legitimate passing offense. And their defensive front still looks great. And, like, you look at San Francisco, and San Francisco, I mean, 0-2 team, it's not going to be a playoff team at all. Um, they just don't look like a contending NFL team by any means, and they need a free C.J. Beathard, our boy Sunshine. Yeah, all the, all the 49ers really do well is stop the run. Every other, and, you know, Carlos Hyde uh, hitting the big game every once in a while. But, yeah, right. it, it's frustrating because, especially just because I, I've, I really liked what Shanahan did in Atlanta, of course. I've said on the podcast a lot. So I've been, you know, kind of watching some of these games, all 22. And Shanahan, like, he's calling good plays. But 
Brian Hoyer just can't get it done, and their offensive line is in shambles, especially after Josh Garnett got hurt to start the season. So I, I think you're looking at uh, Aaron Donald uh, coming off uh, like a long rest for training camp, so he shouldn't be too tired for this game on Thursday. He played great against Washington. Like There was no rusts for him whatsoever. I, I, I think that I, I think Wade Phillips kind of takes advantage of the lacking talent on, on uh, the 49ers offense, so I, I'm with you. All right, so we're both taking Los Angeles two and a half? Yes, sir. All right, next game is our London game, Baltimore at Jacksonville. Or not Baltimore. I mean, it's basically Baltimore at Jacksonville. Let's call it what it is. Um, The Ravens are three and a half to four point favorites in London. Uh, I was trying to think of if there's any sort of an edge right here in terms of the London games and things like that. It looks like Jacksonville's won their last two after losing their first two. But the amount of points that Jacksonville's defense has allowed every single time that they've gone over is uh, 42, 31, 31, and 27. Uh, if you allow the Baltimore Ravens to score 27 points, that like you might lose by two scores or three scores. Like This Baltimore Ravens defense is elite. Um, when we were looking at uh, – this is something that you brought up when you were looking at these numbers at the beginning for the update is uh, you were like the Baltimore Ravens are like 50% better than the second-best team like in terms of defense this year. And I think you said someone from Football Outsiders who you work for uh, said that like the Baltimore Ravens defense is the best ever, like two games into the, into the season. Yeah, they, so they have the – yeah, that, that's exactly what uh, DVOA said for this week. So if you go on footballoutsiders.com and you look at DVOA for this week, they just posted it yesterday. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are first in defense, and the way that they calculate – DVOA is any negative value is better for defense. So if you're, you know, negative 20%, that's usually a pretty good defense for any year uh, in terms of DVOA. So through two weeks, Baltimore is minus 70.8% in terms of defensive DVOA. And the second place team is the Carolina Panthers and they're minus 46.4. So they are leaps and bounds the best defense in the NFL through two weeks and now they get to go up against Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> so yeah <laughs> and I mean even last week versus the Titans like you saw when the when the Jaguars when they have to go up against a talented defensive line and like they struggle with Arakpo and Morgan and Casey last week uh they really do tend to struggle because they don't really have that elite talent on their offensive line so now you're putting them against possibly the best front seven in the NFL. Uh, Guys like Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, Terrell Suggs has been playing pretty well, Tim Williams, Tyus Bowser, CJ Mosley. Like, those guys are going to take a sledgehammer to that offense. And I I wouldn't be surprised if if Jacksonville only managed, like, three or or six points in this game. So I'm going to take Baltimore, minus 3.5. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore is basically six and a half interceptions over the league average for the amount of pass plays that they've had right now. There are only three other teams who are above one. Like they are, they are more than six times better than the fifth best team in terms of getting the ball, getting interceptions. Um, it's just an absolute buzzsaw right now. You're telling me, you know, we we get a bet against Blake Bortles in a single score game that isn't in Jacksonville, and I, I'm going to be very excited. I feel like. The only way we can lose this one is if there's just some brutal, disgusting Joe Flacco interception. Yep, uh, which is definitely always possible. But I, I feel like this game is just going to be it, – it's going to be an eyesore because both these defenses are – they have a clear advantage over the offenses they're facing. So, man, it, it, it's going to be an eyesore. But if you like a defense, this is a game for you. I'm, just out of curiosity, what's the over-under on this game? 
Uh, I will look at it right now. I will tell I'll, I'll tell you something of the over under of me waking up before like what time I'm gonna wake up. It's gonna be nine thirty Pacific time because I am not waking up for this damn game. Oh no, I wouldn't. There's, there, there's no chance. I remember, uh, what was it? The Buffalo Jacksonville game a couple years ago. I woke up for that for like the first drive or something like that. And one, I think it was Buffalo looked like they were just going to beat the brakes off of Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. So I went back to sleep and then I woke up and I was like, what do you mean like Blake Bortles came back from a two score deficit on like not, you know, in a different country? Like I wasn't sure how exactly that happened. I don't think I ever found out. The over under is between 40 and uh, 39 and a half. All right. Uh, I think I have a take the under, but mm, but even though like that once he gets like forty, and that's low scoring. Yeah, that's really low scoring. Uh, but I'm just just gonna stick with my pick for three point five. So next we have the Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles uh, NFC East showdown. The Giants are bad. They are. They, I mean, they they kind of just suck on the like right now in the season. You saw. On Monday night, we're talking about Detroit team that lost Kerry Hyder and really struggled to get after the quarterback last year. And they beat up that Giants offensive line. Uh, they refused to sit Eric Flowers for some ungodly reason. Uh, so I, I think when you look at the guys he's going to be going against this week, you know, Derek Barnett, Chris Long, maybe even they even throw uh, Brandon Graham to the other side. I, I think Eli Manning might. I, I think he has a good chance of getting hurt this week, honestly, because I, I just don't see how they protect him from that pass rush, and they can't run the ball. So I, I really struggle to see how the Giants are going to move the ball against the uh, the Eagles. Yeah, and the thing, too, is the Giants. So we have, what is it, eight stats that we measure efficiency for for the update. The Giants are below average in every single one of them on the defensive side of the ball, and they were like the second best, third best defense in football last year. So, you know, that that's a major concern. Um, this game opened up at three and a half Philadelphia, you know, home team. So Vegas is saying, you know, they're a half point better than the Giants on an equal on an equal field. It's now up to five and six. So, you know, the, there's more confidence in Philadelphia coming off of a loss, you know, a game that they only stuck in because of a random Carson Wentz bounce of a ball um, than the New York Giants after losing back to back. And now uh, they have to go on the road on a short week. Uh, not not a great situation. I think the way that we need to do this is I think the way to go is the under because I don't really trust Philadelphia to win this game by more than five points anyway. Um, but under uh, 43 and a half, uh, since Ben McAdoo has been the head coach of the Giants, they've they have had games that have been under uh, 43 and a half, 15 out of their 18, and including nine of nine on the road. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are, are, uh, have kept all nine of their home games under Doug Peterson or uh, seven of nine of their home games under Doug Peterson under 44 points. So that's 15 of, nine, 15 of 18, nine of nine, seven of nine. That seems like a pretty good bet on keeping this game low when we're saying, you know, both of these offenses basically suck. Like Carson Wentz might lead the team in rushing this year, right? Oh, yeah. uh, both of these offenses are horrible. Um, Keen Fahey talked about how, uh, and this past the eye test, I think we talked about this too, where that, that Washington, um, what was what was the first game of the year? It was Eagle, Was it Eagles-Washington? Yeah. Where like there was there was like eight drop like eight dropped interceptions in that like it could just honestly just be the sloppiest of sloppy games where neither neither of these offenses get going at all. I wouldn't be surprised if this was like twelve five or something. You know what I mean? Like just something really nasty. Um, I think under in this game is probably our best bet because both of these defenses should be buzzsaws if the Giants could get right, uh, but their offenses are just probably bottom quarter of the league. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about? Mm. 
What do you think about teasing this with that Rams game? So you tease the Eagles down to plus one and then tease the Rams mm. down to I don't I, I don't trust the Eagles. Like I just do not trust the Eagles offense going up against the Giants. Even so pl- like plus Carson one, Winston reception. Plus one at no. home versus a no, short the Giants. Team. I'm I'm running I'm running with the under. You can do what you want. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do that. Uh pair that so I'm gonna take a teaser with Philadelphia uh, plus one and the Rams uh, plus 3.5. All right. I got you. We'll get in the spreadsheet. All right. Our next game, Houston, New England. This is going to be disgusting. Uh, I will say for as much as like we're like, you know, Houston's a horrible team. The pa- the Patriots have the second worst pass, de- pass defense right now behind the New Orleans Saints. Like and it's not really particularly close. Like they're very bad against the pass right now. Yeah, this this is really, really weird because – this is a this is a matchup between one of the worst offenses in the league and statistically one of the worst defenses in the league. But I there I did see a stat somewhere today. I don't remember who tweeted it out, but it was a stat about Bill Belichick facing rookie quarterbacks at home, and, and we all know that uh, Deshaun Watson is now the starter for the Houston Texans. And I want to say since the uh, oh, it's from Gilbrandt. So no, no rookie quarterback has beaten the Patriots in New England since Bill Belichick uh, became ch- coach in 2000. They are 0-8 with five touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Deshaun Watson gets his turn this week. So even though the Patriots' defense is bad and there is room for them for them to be exploited here, I I, I just trust Bill Belichick too much uh, against a rookie quarterback. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them cover this spread, honestly. Yeah, so it opened at 11. It's up to 13, 13 and a half, New England at home. Um, I, I think the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to I'm going to tease this down because uh, I, I just don't feel good about the Patriots covering a 13 point spread right now. I know that sounds very stupid. I'd rather take it at seven. You can still get it at seven if you tease the 13. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, I don't this Houston team is very bad. I mean, it's coming off of an extended break. But I mean, how much does that really matter when you literally like they literally have so Let's go through the Houston offense right now. Their offensive line is horrible. Their running backs are horrible. At receiver, they have New Hopkins, who is the most inefficient target in football. Like in terms of how often they throw to him and how often, how how much yards and touchdowns he's, they get from him. So he's a guy that they go to probably too much, probably because he's not a first second. Like he's a 50-50 ball catcher, which is fine on third down, like when you really need him, right? But you're running your offense through him on first and second, and that's just that's not gonna work. The quarterback situation is not great. Um, I, I like they kind of have to blow up their entire offense, and like their head coach is an offensive, a former offensive coordinator. Like, I don't know, man. That that thing just doesn't make sense to me. Like, Bill O'Brien should be on a very, very hot seat. Yeah. Uh, I, when when's the jig gonna be up with Bill O'Brien? That's what I can't figure out. I said it this offseason where I was like, look, I mean, if the Texans can't really get it done this offseason, because I wrote about it when I was saying the Texans are a regression candidate when they were had the second highest AFC Super Bowl odds at, uh, right after the draft. I was like, man, I do not understand this one at all. And then I think our good friend Sully came in with uh, Bill O'Brien's on the hot seat. What are you talking about? He shouldn't be on the hot seat. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, he, he should be gone this year if they can't figure it out. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of like this teaser too because we'll get to the uh, the Seahawks Titans the game. second half of it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm with you on the teaser. Let's just talk about the Seahawks Titans right now. Then 
right. Um, so uh, the Seahawks are three-point road dogs against the Tennessee Titans, which is very interesting. When you look at uh, what what Oakland was able to do, right? Uh, so basically they're saying the Raiders are better than the Seahawks, which is interesting if you were looking at Super Bowl odds before the season because that didn't reflect that at all. Um, so if we, we can tease this down to uh, to Seattle – Seattle plus nine. In the last 90p Carroll Seahawks games, they've only lost by more than nine points twice. So I feel like that's about as easy of a layup as we're going to get. And then you pair that with Bill Belichick winning by a touchdown, which seems like a very easy bet against a horrible team, even if their pass defense is bad. Um, I feel like pairing those two together is good. Just because like I want to take Seattle at plus three, but that just seems like some sort of like Jedi mind trick, man. Like I, I, I would not have guessed that Seattle was a was a, a road dog against the Titans. Nope. Uh, yeah, that that's gonna be a weird game because you got because you have a defensive front that's pretty good with with the Titans, but you're you're going against the worst offensive line in football. So I mean, they should be able to control that game. And then on the flip side, you have Mariota going against a, a pretty tough. Seahawks defense uh, and, and tough is putting it lightly because that defensive line is ferocious and they still have a good secondary. So, uh, and Mariota, he, he wasn't that sharp last week. You know, he kind of got off the hook because Blake Bortles was so bad on the other side. But if this trend kind of continues, I, I think that Seattle should easily be able to cover that nine point spread. I think we're in back to back weeks now where a Dory Jackson, uh, uh, non touchdown return Dory Jackson plays are the longest plays that the Titans have had. I'm pretty sure that's factual. And then uh, the Seattle Seahawks just on offense are just horrible, even in the passing game. I mean, they're uh, 23rd in NEA, uh, 27th completion value, 26 yards per completion value, 21st in sack percentage, um, and tackles for loss percentage. Like we said, they were last. So, I mean, this Seahawks offense is not good by any means if you're just looking at the raw statistics. And I guess we'll figure out how good San Francisco and Green Bay are down the line. But um, to say that that there have been moments to – not have confidence in the Green Bay Packers defense and the, the San Francisco 49ers defense when Carolina Panthers were li- lighting them up in week one um, would be an understatement. Yep. Uh, so let's, since we're in agreement there, let's move on to the next game, the Atlanta Falcons going to Detroit. Uh, the Falcons are a two-and-a-half-point uh, favorite on the road uh, in Detroit, and I, I like them to cover the spread. I, I, I just don't trust this Detroit team yet. I know that Stafford, you know, or they, they beat the Giants on the road, and the Giants, uh, on paper, have a pretty tough defense. But you're going to – am I supposed to be afraid of 15 for 21 for 122 yards? Like <laughs> five, five yards per pass, Matt Stafford. I mean, that's what I, that's what I was trying to tell people where I was like, Matt Stafford and, and Sam Bradford, like – if you look at how their offensive how their offensive ran, offenses ran last year, they're really not that different. And Lions fans got very mad at me for saying that. So basically, Stafford has had one half of not dink and dunk play in two games, right? The second half against Arizona. Um, do you think Arizona is a five hundred team? No. Do you think the New York Giants are a five hundred team? No. Okay, uh, Matt Stafford is five and forty six against five hundred teams. Do you think the Atlanta Falcons are a five hundred team? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Falcons win by a field goal against a quarterback who is 5 and 46 against 500 teams in his first matchup against a 500 team this year and we win money. That seems that seems like a fairly decent bet in my opinion. 
Yeah, I'm in. Uh, man, it, it, it's going to be interesting for that Detroit defense because statistically, like in the update, they're they're doing well, but they've played the Cardinals. They played two of the worst five offenses in the league. Right. They played the Cardinals, who just struggled to score 17 points against a dreadful Colts defense, and they played the Giants, who can't block or run the ball to save their lives. So uh, this is going to be a tough test for them, and I, I think Atlanta just has a talent advantage in this in this department. Yes, sir. Uh, next game is Denver at Buffalo. Uh, this game opened up with the Buffalo Bills being one-point underdog. It's now moved to three points across the board. You can't find it at any other number. Um, basically, h- how do you feel about this game? Because Denver's look like Denver – so I'll say this. Denver's interior op- defensive line has looked – much better than it did last year. Last year, they couldn't get any penetration in the run game. And this year, I think they're probably top five in that number. Um, so this is a team that went from basically went the New England Patriots run defense where it's like we're just going to tackle everyone two or three yards deep to being a team that is like, no, we are like rip-roaring, shooting to the backfield, trying to stop you and get you into like third and 15. Yeah, I, I, this is going to be my stay-away game, actually. I don't know. This line seems weird because I think if you just look at how the Broncos haven't played and how the Bills haven't played. Like, even on the road, you think, I feel like you would think this line might be a little bit higher, but mm, I don't know. It's a tricky, like, one o'clock game. That's a really 10 o'clock game for the Broncos. I, I'm just going to stay away. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. So, my, my thing is just like playing Denver early in the year is a bitch, right? So, in since 1990, I think this number since 1990. Um, the uh, Denver Broncos are 29 and three straight up in home openers in week one or week two. So 29 and three. It's very hard to play the Denver Broncos in Denver at the beginning of the year, which is why I'm not going to overreact to the Dallas thing, right? I think that was Dallas's road opener, I believe, and then the Los Angeles Chargers almost beat the Denver Broncos. Like I'm, I'm not totally willing to put. Denver on a pedestal when you look at historically playing at that elevation on the road that early in the year when you're trying to figure your shit out is very hard to do. So I think getting Denver on the road uh, the first time this year being on the road, I think Buffalo might be able to do some stuff uh, just just because I mean, Den- like Buffalo, we talked about this when we were t- we were all over Buffalo as like our sleeper team this year as like our wild card team, five seed, whatever. Um, Denver blew out or uh, Buffalo blew out basically more than more than any team other than like the major contenders like the Pittsburgh, New England, uh, Atlanta, like they they blew out as many teams as the Dallas Cowboys did last year. So I think them at home as you know field goal road dogs just because of that number at three, I think that's a pretty good bet taking Buffalo at three. I think that's what I'm going to do. Right, I'm going to stay away. And just for for what it's worth, uh, like we were talking about earlier, the you know DVOA and, and pretty much any efficiency stat is skewed right now because it's only the two games, but uh, the the uh, the Broncos and the Bills are right next to each other in terms of uh, DVOA. So the Bills are ranked 11th with 21.4%, and the Broncos are ranked 12th with 18.6%. So maybe these teams are closer than than I think uh, just from watching the games. Yeah, and and uh, what is it? I think so. Denver is ninth in passing efficiency right now for the NEA value. And Buffalo's second. So, like, bu- Buffalo is – Buffalo somehow still is a decent team, even though they, you know, had had that exodus. Yeah. Uh, I just wish they had kept Sammy and Darby and kept running that triple option offense they did last year. But 
No use crying over spilt milk. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, the next game is the... Uh, ooh, I cannot read. Oh, the Steelers at the Chicago Bears. The Steelers are seven point... Oh, no, 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 no. Am I reading this right? Yep. Yeah, seven point to seven and a half points. So you can get the hook if you want it, depending point, on what side of the line you want. Seven and a half point favorites on the road? Yes, sir. So uh, this is my thing. Bears. Yes, uh, agreed. <laughs> I'm glad that we didn't have to talk about this at all. I sent I sent our lines to uh, or I sent my lines to Eric Stoner, and he that was the one thing he came back to me with was why are you taking Chicago Chicago's trash when we know how big of a split the uh, the Steelers are on road and home. Dude, they, uh, almost, the last... they almost lost to the Browns week one. <laughs> Look, you don't have to tell me twice. Um, forty five the last forty five games Pittsburgh has played in, they've only won two multi score games against non division teams on the road. And they were the opener against Kirk Cousins last year that everyone remembers, even though it was a week one game and we know week one games are wonky. And the only other game in the past, what is that, two and a half seasons that they've beaten a non division team on the road by more than a touchdown was against Scott Tolzien's uh Indianapolis Colts. So this seems like a pretty decent bet in our part. Um, no one wants to bet on Chicago right now just because they're the Bears and they got blown out last week in Tampa in the humidity. Yeah, um, that, that, but they're I, 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 look, let me just touch on that one a little bit because I feel like people are really overreacting to that game. You know, Tampa was fresh; they had a week off after training camp. You know, all those guys were loose, and they were wearing their white jerseys at home in like ninety degree weather when it was humid. And you have that team coming down from Chicago. Like I, I'm, I, I, I don't feel like what happened there should be a death sentence for the bears for the rest of the season in terms of gambling. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I, I tried talking to you about this when you were talking about the Owen two thing. Cause a lot of people hit me up and said, what's the record for two and all teams. And one it's, it's two and all means less than Owen two because you have to get to 10 and six, right? You're not trying to get to 500 to be a playoff team for one, but for two, I feel like the first two, three weeks of the year are less reflective of what your team actually is than the rest of the season. Um, so try not to overreact to this too much, but I mean, there, there's context needed for this. And I mean, we're only one week removed from the Chicago Bears beating out, almost beating out the Atlanta Falcons, who right now look like the by far best team in the NFC, I would probably say. So, I mean, Chicago, seven and a half, we get the hook on a touchdown. Uh, Pittsburgh just does not beat non-Bengals, non-Browns teams on the road by that many points, and they haven't for two and a half years, so. Um, yeah. As as long as as long as Mike Glennon isn't Scott Tolzien, which might be a stretch to ask for Mike Glennon, uh, we should be able to win money on this one. Yeah. So let's just run through uh, last season's Steelers uh, away games. So they started off the season strong. They went to Washington. So we're talking about last season. They went to Washington, uh, won thirty-eight to sixteen. Next away game at Philadelphia, they lost thirty-four to three. Next away game at Miami, they lost uh, thirty to fifteen. Next uh, away game at Baltimore, they lost 21 to 14. Next away game at Cleveland, they won 24 to 9, but that game was close until the fourth quarter. Uh, the next away game they had was on Thanksgiving when they went to the Colts and beat them 28 to 7. But remember, Andrew Luck did not play that game. That was a Scott Tolzien game, and that game was pretty close until the third quarter. Then they go to Buffalo, win 27 to 20, go to Cincinnati, and went 24 to 20. So this is not a team that plays well on the road. They don't blow teams out on the road. And then they we just saw two weeks ago, they had to struggle with the Cleveland Browns on the road to start the season. So there's no reason to not take Chicago here. Agree. Uh, next game is Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Uh, the Dolphins, so they had a week off. I mean, they they should have lost that game against Los Angeles, right? 
Like they're they're they had they called the timeout. They messed up the end of that game um, completely. They should have lost to the Chargers at the end of that. Uh, they didn't. But now it's back to back road games to start the year, and next week they play in London. Uh, right now, against the spread, before teams go play international games, they are 11, 23, and two against the spread in the week before they go play London. So I mean that's a pretty clear split on teams. Uh, if nothing else, they do worse than what the the public assumes the week before they go out to London. Uh, you include the fact that Miami probably should have lost last week, and they're getting a bump for that, and they're playing back to back road games before they go out to London. I, I feel like that's a lot. Um, the the uh, Jets were three and a half point dogs. This line has moved up to six almost across the board. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I kind of want to ride with the Jets back to back weeks. Mm. I, I just know. don't trust Miami because Miami can't do anything other than throw it to Devontae Parker and run it with Jay Ajayi. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tease this. I want to tease Miami down to uh, a pick em, And then okay. I'm going to uh, tease Green Bay down to uh, a 2.5 favorites at home versus the Bengals. Smart. That's a very, they're very smart. I'm going to tease Green Bay too, but I'm going to tease it with something else. All right. So uh, there's not a lot of confidence in Miami. This probably would be a stay away game if there was a better slate that didn't involve Indianapolis-Cleveland for me. Uh, but I, I think that London thing is a real thing where, like, you have to keep an eye out for teams before they go out there because there's just a lot of chaos, man. I mean, even just like – I mean, you've traveled. I yeah. mean, like, the the week before you go on, like, a big trip, it's just kind of chaotic. Yeah. You, you just got to figure everything out, you know, flight arrangements, what you're going to need. And you, Lawrence, I, Lawrence Timmons literally quit the team while, while like, Adam Gase is trying to throw screen passes to welfare queen Jarvis Landry, who, like, has to get his visa figured out. Yep. Uh, this, is, this is probably going to be another ugly game. Man, like, do you get the sense when you go back and watch these games, there's just a lot of bad football being played? I watched, dude. The Miami game was disgusting. I was I watched that at like one thirty in the morning one day, and then just like added you on Twitter and was like, "You need to watch this." And then I saw the next morning you saw it like the first quarter, and that's all you need to see is how Miami uses Jarvis Landry like should be illegal and a felony in multiple states. Thirteen catches for seventy eight yards and long of eighteen. So I mean, good God. That's not including the shitty end rounds and shit too. Yeah, it, it, I I don't for the life of me I don't understand why they try to feed, force feed him in that offense, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, so the next game was the Browns at the Colts. This is your stay away game. Um, I, I I'm I'm just gonna take the uh, the Colts here just because they're at home and uh, I already used my stay away, so there's no reason. To, there's no there there's never a reason to bet on the Browns to win on the road. So I'm I'm just gonna take the Colts. Yeah, man. Like, I, I don't. This, this is one of the weirdest lines I've ever seen in my life. Like, one of 20 in their last 21 games, and they're road favorites. Just disgusting football. No one needs to watch this at all. All right, next game New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, Yeah. So, the, I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, but the Saints defense is horrid. They're horrific. This seems like a get right game for the Panthers. Uh, they played a game. Their opening game was on the road at the 49ers, which has been a pretty tough run defense for the most part. Uh, the Bills' defense has been pretty good through two weeks of the season. They only scored nine points last week. But the Saints' defense is far, far off from those two. And, you know, they, they, they don't rush the passer well. They don't get tackled no. for the loss. They can't cover anybody. Like, this is the game for, 
for that offense to get right. And I think this is a game where Christian McCaffrey kind of has that breakout game we've been waiting for. Yeah, and the thing about the Panthers is they've kind of like so the Bills Panthers thing. We we talked about this on Sunday, I think. The Bills Panthers game is a little bit weird because the final score is basically this is a sloppy game that could have gone either way. But if you really watch it, like Carolina was basically in control the entire time up until the end. Um, so uh, uh, Carolina's basically been in full control in two games while not having much of a run game or or a passing game. You know what I mean? And the uh, so this is the Saints stats defensively. Uh, NBA, they're 32nd. Completion value, 32nd. Yards per completion value, 31st. Sack percentage, 30th. Interception, 30th. Uh, tackles for loss, 30, 32nd. So, like, the Saints are by far the worst defense in the NFL. And Cam Newton is looking for a get-right game on a team that has been basically in control of two wins for 60 minutes without having an offense. Like, that seems pretty easy. Uh, the Saints are also going on going to uh, London in a couple weeks – or next week – so this is a, just a perfect spot, honestly. Just take Carolina at six. Uh, it was at five and a half. It's gone to six across the board. I, I just think that's probably one of my favorite favorites of the week that I'm, like, I'm the most confident in. Yeah, put me in uh, Carolina about minus six. We'll skip over the Tampa Bay Viking Tampa Bay uh, at Minnesota game because they don't have a line for it yet because Sam Bradford's status is up in the air. We already talked about Seattle at Tennessee. So let's move on to Kansas City at the LA Chargers. Uh, the LA Chargers are 3.5 underdogs at home to the Chiefs. And now that I'm thinking about it, I wish that I made this my stay away game. <laughs> uh, this this seems very, you know, now, here's the, the, char- the, Charger, the Chargers lose by three. Yeah, and f- flip me onto that. Oh. Uh, flip, flip me onto that Buffalo plus three, and then I'll make this my stay away game. All right. That's fine with me. This is your stay away? Yeah. Okay. Uh, done um yeah man I, I just don't know really know what to say i mean if this was just three straight up i would probably try to stay away from it as far as i can or i would have put more thought into it but i see three and a half and i'm like you know the Chargers are gonna cover this by by a half point like they're gonna lose by three it's gonna be i mean we wrote about phil brewers is gonna live in hell like oh, basically dude like what, what are the numbers from it I, it was something like so he, he by far has more passes uh, went down a score with two minutes left than anyone in the league since 1994. And I think there are only like four quarterbacks. We even have half amount, half of the amount of passes as he had over that time. So, and you got to remember, he only, he only began starting in 2006 or something like that. It's like Phil Rivers literally like lives in a living hell. Um, the Chargers have lost twice as many uh, games, uh, close games as anyone else in the league in the past two years and two weeks. Like what? What they're doing is should be unsustainable statistically. Like this should regress to the mean at some point. But as far as like right now, like we're basically the opposite of insanity Tebow time. Like we're seeing someone just like constantly collapse on national television. Which I, I don't know if we've ever seen this before. I, w- I will say this though. Like Donald Trump tried to build a wall, and the rivers and gates that have let me down the most in the United States have been from the Chargers. Like it's just frankly, frankly disgusting. I can't believe I bought into this team. But uh, we're we're gonna ride with them again. Three and a half. Just assume the three point loss. All right, uh, and I think we both have teasers on Green Bay this week, but for different games. So let's hit on this Cincinnati at Green Bay game. The Packers are a or they opened as seven point five uh, favorite at home against the Bengals. I think now they're eight point five favorite uh, 
8.5 favorites on the uh, at home against the Bengals. Jesus Christ, I can't speak today. Uh, You'll get it. The Bengals are bad. I, I, I think that this game will look a lot like the first game that they played where – uh, against the Seahawks, where Mike Daniels just went the hell off, and they beat up on that, uh, they beat up on that offensive line. So, and it's not like you have Russell. It's not like you have Russell Wilson back there where you're worried maybe he can make some plays with his leg. It's Andy Dalton. So, I, I think that this is another ugly game for the Bengals offense just because the matchup in the trenches is so vast. But I, I do think you know we just saw Julio Jones take advantage of those Green Bay corners and. It, AJ Green is definitely has the talent to do it. It's just a matter of if they can get him the ball. So they, if AJ Green goes off, maybe they can keep it close, but I'm not banking on that. Also, the Bengals' defense has quietly been solid throughout the first portion of the season. Uh, they are 10th in terms of uh, ANYA value uh, so far through two weeks. So it's not like they're a slouch that the Packers would just walk through, but still tease that down to two and a half and that should be a pretty easy win for you. Yeah, so you're, you're pairing it with uh, Miami. Um, the Packers basically – so if you can get it down to two and a half, the only times that they didn't cover two and a half at home last year were against the Indianapolis Colts and Andy Dalton is Andrew Luck and the Dallas Cowboys, which probably had, what, e- easily a top two offense in the NFC. And the Cincinnati Bengals are easily the worst offense in the NFL right now. So I, I think that's pretty much as, as, as much of a lock as you can get. Um, eight and a half is a weird number. I, I don't know if I, I'm that confident in the Packers. I mean, I, I guess, you know, week one at home, they, they did the Seattle Seahawks in. And I guess you, you have to ask the legitimate question of if, if the Bengals offense is that much worse than the Seattle Seahawks offense. But uh, I, I think when you, if you can get it down to two and a half, that's a pretty good number. Um, so I, I'm going two and a half. I'm actually teasing it with our next game, uh, Oakland and Washington. Uh, Washington opened up as a three and a half point dog. You can find it at three at some places, but still three and a half mostly. Um, you can tease the over under to 60 points. So I'm going to go uh, Green Bay, two and a half, Washington, Oakland under 60 points. Um, there was only one game out of the last 18 for New Orleans when they when the over went over 60 on the road. Um, since 2014, the only got the only quarterbacks who they faced that can get them get that over to over 60 were uh, Peyton Manning, Phil Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and, and uh, so it's it's and uh, Drew Brees or New Orleans. Why did I say New Orleans? Oakland. Oh, oh, oh uh, New Orleans was the one team that got them to over 60 on the road. So like literally. Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees are the only guys, the only teams that can like, the only quarterbacks who can get these numbers over to sixty against this Oakland Raiders defense. So I, I mean, sixty points is a lot. This game, I looked at the over under because I want to try to bet the under, right? Just like or the under, just straight up. And then I saw how high it was. I'm like, we need to tease this up to sixty. There's a an NFL game over 60 points, you're assuming 30 to 30, and like Kirk Cousins hasn't looked good at all. So I think if we tease this with Green Bay Packers two and a half, I think that's a pretty decent bet. I don't know which way you're going to lean here. Uh, I was just I was thinking about if I want to put it with this Arizona game, but I'll, I'll just go straight up. I, I I like the I like the Raiders to cover the spread honestly at home, uh, three and a half points. Not not at home. Not I, at I mean, home. I'm, on, I mean, the on the road. I, mean, I misspoke, uh, but I, I knew they on the road. I'm just a moron. But uh, if you just look at the Raiders' offense compared to Washington's defense, like that is a severe mismatch. Uh, Raiders third and uh. I'm going to get this right this time. A-N-A-A-N-Y-A value. Third, uh, Redskins are 25th. 
the Raiders are second in adjusted completion percentage. Uh, Washington is 22nd on defense. Oakland is 11th in yards per completion value. Uh, Washington is 28th. They are fit. Oakland is fifth in sack value. Washington's 20th. Uh, so there's a big mismatch. I think you're going to see a colossal mismatch in the trenches as Kledge, Assembly, Donald Penn, uh, Rodney Hudson, and Gabe Jackson. They should just steamroll that front seven with, uh, with not too, without too much resistance, honestly. So now you're getting Kirk Cousins in a game where he has to play keep up, and then you can get guys like Khalil Mack teeing off. And uh, Gary and Conley had a pretty nice debut last week. So I, I like the Raiders to cover the spread on the road. All right, last game. It's a Monday Night Football. Dallas at Arizona. Dallas is a three-point favorite to three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, that seems very easy just put it on Dallas. I mean, like we said, uh, in Denver week one, week two, they're basically unstoppable because of the elevation and the fact that teams are trying to figure out what the hell they're supposed to be for this season. Um, Dallas is just so much better than Arizona. Arizona is horrible. Like, legit, like Arizona might be uh, picking in the top five. They struggled to beat this Indianapolis Colts team that is now a road dog or a home dog to the Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? Like, this is just a bad football team. Um, Carson Palmer is washed. There are a lot of people who said that Carson Palmer isn't washed on Twitter for some reason. That's abhorrent. Like, he's horrible right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. He He's he's in rough shape right now. And this, this is going to be a get-right game for the Cowboys. Uh, like you said, it's really hard to go up there in Denver when it's your second game of the season and you got to go play in that uh, that climate, thin air. And it, it's it, it's hard like when you haven't gotten your, you know, I, I guess, football lungs yet where you can just kind of go play after play after play. You don't even really notice how tired you are. Like that, that environment will wear you out real quick. So now they get to play on Monday night against the reeling Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, Cardinals team that struggled to put up points on the Colts who did not have Monte Davis and essentially have fake players in their secondary outside of Malik Hooker. So uh, I, I like the Cowboys to cover the spread here. Easy. All right. So let's recap. Uh, you won last week. I won the week before. I feel disgusting about the Jets. The Jets really let me down. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to let that go. So uh, open uh, Thursday night football, Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco. I have the Rams covering two and a half. Um, you have this teased, uh, the Rams plus three and a half with Philadelphia plus one, uh, the London game on the morning on Sunday, Baltimore against Jacksonville, not at Jacksonville. We both have Baltimore three and a half. Um, they might leave Blake Bortles in London or like he might disappear like Lawrence Simmons or something like that. Uh, New York giants at Philadelphia Eagles. I have under uh, 43 and a half in the game. It's just not. Neither of these teams really score. Uh, like I said, you tease this Philadelphia plus one with Los Angeles Rams plus three and a half. Houston at New England, I tease this down to seven to seven points uh, with the Seattle Seahawks plus plus uh, nine. Uh, you did the exact same thing. We're on we're on the right side on this one. Uh, Atlanta at Detroit, we have Atlanta uh, winning by more than two and a half. Stafford is five and forty six against five hundred teams in his life and. The Atlanta Falcons look like a 500 or higher team. Um, Denver at Buffalo. We both have Buffalo plus three. Uh, really, I mean, there, there's nothing other than maybe Denver might be fraudulent because of uh, the fact that teams have had to play them in Denver so far. And Denver, early on in the season, has a legitimate home field advantage that no one can ignore. Um, 
Pittsburgh at Chicago. We both have Chicago plus seven and a half. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers just do not beat teams by more than a touchdown on the road, unless they are the, the unless they are the uh, Cleveland Browns, basically. Miami at the New York Jets. I have the Jets by six because I hate myself. Uh, my whole thing is just basically Miami back to back after opening the season a week before that they have to go to London. Uh, six points on the road is a lot. That game at home for Miami would be twelve points then. That's a lot of points for a team that I don't think is very good. You have it down to a pick 'em, and you're going to tease that with uh, Green Bay minus minus two and a half, which is probably going to end up hitting two. Uh, Cleveland, Indianapolis, I am staying the hell away from that. You're taking Indianapolis, the team that one week ago uh, called the uh, Los Angeles Rams the San Francisco 49ers by one point. Uh, good for you, Charles. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> you're well, gonna reg- you're gonna regret that one, or just not think about it at all. Which no, I'm not gonna think about. I'm not gonna watch the game unless Kaiser goes off or Malik Cooker goes off. So perfect. Uh, New Orleans at Carolina. We both have Carolina by six. Uh, New Orleans defense is horrible. Carolina has been doing good without putting up putting up a bunch of numbers on the offensive side of the ball. And New Orleans is playing in London next week. Uh, Tampa Bay at Minnesota. This line is not up because no one knows what the hell is going on with Sam Bradford. He, he might be fine. He might be fine in seven weeks, as uh, Mike Zimmer said. Seattle at Tennessee. Uh, like I said, we both had this in a teaser. Uh, plus nine with the uh, New England Patriots, minus seven. In the last 90 games that Pete Carroll has coached with the Seattle Seahawks, they've only lost by nine or more points uh, twice, or more than nine points twice. So that seems like a pretty easy layup. Uh, Kansas City at the Los Angeles Chargers. I have the Chargers by three and a half because I just know that the Chargers are going to lose by a field goal. You don't have to give me any stats, any analysis. That's just plain old fact, and you have it as a stay-away game. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the Green Bay Packers. I tease this down to two and a half. Uh, I'm going to tease it with the Oakland Washington under 60 point total. You have it teased with Miami Pickham. Um, I don't think we trust Green Bay to cover eight and a half, basically, but we do expect them to win the game straight up against this horrible Cincinnati Bengals team. Oakland at Washington. Uh, like I said, I teased it for the under 60 with Green Bay minus two and a half. Um, and you have Oakland just winning straight up by three, by more than three points on the road. Uh, Dallas at Arizona, we're in unison lockstep on this one. Arizona's horrible. Dallas wins by three or more. All right, yeah, so that's, um, that's good. So that will be uh, the end of setting the edge, our gambling picks for week three. We will be back on Friday with episode 49 of setting the edge with uh, a host of guests, including uh, ESPN's Justina Anderson. So we'll see you then.